Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. Some of us learn songs by listening to the record, some by combining playback with tabs, some by using videos of others breaking down the song. Whatever works for you, awesome. Sometimes, though, we want to take a step into music theory, but we want to work at our own pace. So I'm going to stop here to recommend the training materials from Rick Beato, whom you can find on YouTube. Rick was a music instructor at the college level, a successful record producer, and is the creator of some truly excellent self-paced training materials. I have found value in the now interactive Beato book and his ear training course. If you watch his YouTube videos, there's usually a bonus option to purchase all of them at a very, very good price. I have found value in that set of Beato training. I bought it all, and I think it's worthwhile. One area of particular interest to me is how chords are formed and how to use different chords depending on the mood that I want to achieve. While the Beato book is a super training vehicle, I've found that I can personally accelerate my learning if I have a piano-type keyboard available. I distinguish by saying piano-type keyboard to avoid any confusion with computer keyboards. We can all agree that however much we love our guitar or bass, the fretboard is not particularly intuitive, and when it comes to chords, standard tuning does not make their construction obvious. We can certainly learn the caged method, C-A-G-E-D, chord forms that repeat up and down the fretboard, and we can learn scale patterns, you know, the minor pentatonic. All good stuff. But how do you quickly figure out what goes into a C7th-flat-5th? Which, by the way, is a fairly dark-sounding chord and might deliver the mood you're looking for in a tune you're creating. This is where the clear layout of the piano keyboard becomes a wonderful learning tool. To use one, you have to learn to recognize the keyboard layout. I started by being able to find middle C. From there, it's a fairly simple process in that while each white key is the natural, the natural note, C, D, E, F, etc., and the black keys provide us with the sharps and the flats. So, in the example of C7 flat fifth, first I would look to find the C key on the keyboard. I know that the C major triad, the three primary notes of the C chord, are C, E, and G or what in music theory will be referred to as the first, the third, and the fifth note of the scale. They're basically notes separated by two tones. To find the seventh, we look up two full tones from G. The piano keyboard makes it easy to find that the seventh note of the C major scale is B. And you probably already know this because you're able to play the C major scale on your guitar. We learned this a long time ago. It's C, D, E, F, G, A, B. No sharps or flats, pretty straightforward. Some call it boring, but if you think of the Do, Re, Mi song, that's the C major scale. We also know that a regular seventh is a full tone below the octave, whereas the major seventh is simply the seventh note in the scale. 
Some of you, like I was, get confused between a C seventh and a C major seventh. Sorry about that. How do we know where the C seventh is? Well, we actually know this because we learned to play the C seventh chord pretty early in our guitar playing, just as we learned the G seventh and the D seventh. Thus, for C seventh, the notes to play are C, E, B flat. Those are the three notes in the triad. To add the flat fifth, we're going to add a note to our triad, and we do so by flattening the fifth note, making the G into an F sharp or G flat, depending upon how the scale key is defined. So if we were to play the notes in effectively a C7 flat fifth scale, they would be C, D, E, F sharp, A sharp, and B. Or remember, you could always look at it as C, D, E, G flat, B flat, and B. Remember that in music theory, flats and sharps are ways to recognize the notes and also to recognize the key. Go ahead and play those notes and you're going to feel the dark mood that it creates. As I said, you already know that an F sharp can be read as a G flat and an A sharp can be read as a B flat. And this is entirely dependent on the key signature of the music staff. For those of us who do not read music, that's a bit of a moot point. Although I will suggest that learning to sight read is a skill worth developing, even if you're not going to be playing live from sheet music. Now, I don't kid myself. I could find these notes on the guitar fretboard because I've studied to memorize the fretboard, as I expect many of you have as well. I will say that finding the notes in any chord is easier and faster on a piano keyboard. Plus there's this benefit that you start to physically see how the chords are built because you're looking down on all the notes at once. And this means that when a band member asks for a C ninth instead of a regular C chord, you know precisely what to do and where to be on the fretboard. I won't get into chord inversions here because frankly, I'm nowhere near qualified to do music theory teaching. That said, they're great to know because many of our favorite guitarists use chord inversions all the time. An inversion is the chord played differently, giving us a different tonality. Eric Johnson and David Gilmore leap immediately to mind as guitarists who regularly use inversions. Now let's come back to that keyboard. Do I have to buy or rent a piano? No, you don't. You do need a piano keyboard. And unless you intend to record entire songs with sophisticated keyboard parts, well, I do own a Korg electric piano. That was for a different project. For my learning and the very little bit of keyboard instruments that I put in my recordings, I use a USB connected keyboard that I can access from my DAW and then use a DAW plugin to emulate the keyboard sound that I want. The physical unit that I bought is from M-Audio, and I chose it because I wanted two full octaves, I wanted the keys to be full-sized, and I wanted the keys to be weighted, like a proper piano. It was quite a bit less expensive than any piano, and doesn't take a lot of space when I'm not using it. The model that I bought is called the Oxygen 25, and when I got it about nine months ago, it cost about $180. Now, it's got other functions built in. 
It's got a smart chord mode and a smart scale mode. It has a built-in arpeggiator, and it has a couple of wheels, a pitch bend wheel and a modulation wheel, just like you would find on a synthesizer. This is handy because I have a plugin that replicates the Minimoog Model D, and this keyboard works perfectly with that plugin. Now, I purchased the M Audio for skills development, but I find it provides many additional value propositions to me. In no way do I consider myself a keyboard player. I've come along far enough to have enough knowledge to know that, as a keyboardist, I'm incompetent. I'm a guitar player first, and a bass player second. Keyboards, for me, are a perfect learning tool to become better at my instruments of choice. I have no illusions that I will ever be a great keyboardist. I hope that this episode has generated some interest in piano-type keyboards as a learning tool, and you should always feel free to send an email or post a comment. I read and respond to all. As always, thanks very much for listening. Please subscribe to the articles and the podcast so you get notified when a new one is posted. Until next time, peace.